Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Heme Consults podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Unwemina. I am coach extraordinaire today, also a hematologist. <laughs> it is a pleasure to be in your ears today and to be talking with you about today's episode, playing the infinite game. And the theme scripture for this episode is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And before I start the episode, I just want to encourage you, oh woman of color in hematology, that you are so amazing. You are super awesome. I know, I know because I just, I don't know. I, I resonate, I resonate, I connect with you right now. And there's just this sense that I have, even though I can't see you as you're listening to me right now, I know that you are so, so awesome. And I think the most amazing thing about your awesomeness is that you're getting even awesomer and it's so cool you're transforming every day sometimes the transformation is tiny but it's happening and it's happening and i know that because if we look back at you 10 years ago even five years ago even two years ago the pre-pandemic you is not the same as the person that you are right now and so i just want to encourage you to remember that you are not in competition with anyone else because you are becoming awesomer and awesomer and there's just no one to compare you to. You are in competition really with you and the person you are right now is so much infinitely better than the person you were 10 years ago and yet is less awesome than the person you're going to become 10 years from now. And so I just want to encourage you to recognize that You are the prize, the reward for the game that you're playing, the bigger, better, more awesome, infinitely greater version of you. And I want you to pursue that goal. And whenever people do things to you, like ask ask you to compare yourself with someone else and say things like, oh, you know, if you were better or if you were superior, if you were inferior, whatever those words are that make you start looking over your shoulder and comparing yourself to someone else, resist it. Resist it. Absolutely. Do not let them draw you into that game of comparison. It is a lose-lose strategy. and you, It's lose-lose because you're losing and then you lose again. You lose because you lose out on improving you, on growing in, in a way you need to. And then you lose because you're comparing yourself to somebody who you actually have no reason to compare. compare. I mean, they may look better than you and then you feel like you're inferior which is rubbish or they may look less good compared to you and then you're thinking you're superior and then you're not working on improving your game that is worse rubbish (laughs) okay don't let them steer you into false competition focus on playing the infinite game 
All right, women of color and hematology, let's turn to today's episode called Playing the Infinite Game. And why am I talking about playing the infinite game? It's because I'm reading Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game. It is a good book, guys. I'm only in chapter two right now, so I don't know what the rest of the book will bring. But chapters one and two are pretty awesome already. And so if I am talking about things that sound like, you know, they're coming from Simon Sinek's book, yep, yep. Yep, it is the infinite game that's driving this podcast episode. So now you've been warned. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, the story I want to share is just the story of me um, and my journey in medicine. For a while, I always had the sense that I was trying to prove myself. When I started college and I went to the pre-med advisor (laughs) for advice, she told me I couldn't make it to medical school, especially if I took the two majors I wanted to take. So I loved chemistry. I was a chemistry buff. And that's what I wanted to do in college. And what I learned was that I had to take all these biology classes. So I was like, well, if I have to take all these biology classes, sure, I'll do biology too. I'll double major. And so what she was telling me was that I could never, I could never win. (laughs) And to be honest, for a while, I believed her. And then when I came to my senses with the help of my math teacher, who was like, it doesn't matter. Start. And if it doesn't work out, you'll be okay. And I was like, wow, what wisdom. Anyway, so I did both. And I mean, I made it. I did better in biology ultimately than in chemistry. But I, I mean, I really did well. But there was a sense that in this, I was trying to prove myself. Like you said, I couldn't win. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then I got into med school. So there was also some of that you thought I couldn't get in. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, all the way so you know kept going where people were like you can't do this you're not really qualified and I'm like ha did it ha ha I was always showing people and then when I got to my faculty position and I was told that I wasn't really qualified to do research I think that was just the sense of like I'm gonna show you I'm gonna show you <laughs> the story of my life I was always showing somebody something the thing about the showing people something, the thing about trying to prove myself is that, you know, if it ever worked and it worked rarely, if it ever worked, it worked for a short period of time. And then there was also, you know, then there was another thing where I had to prove myself again. Like it was a never ending journey. Oh, isn't there a movie or a book called The Never Ending Story? Yes, it was the never ending story of every time Toyosi had to prove herself every time. And it would feel good. Like it would feel good, kind of like, ha ha, showed them kind of good. And then it wore away. And then there was something else to prove myself in. And so there I was always doing things, working super hard, acting like I was crazy, just to prove to somebody that I could do something they said I couldn't do. And so lucky for me, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lucky for me. I finally met. Actually, there'd been a lot of growing work happening. A lot of growing work I'd been doing before I met my coach, Judith. And, but meeting her actually was really, you know, one of the turning points in my life where I had the opportunity to stop and ask myself, well, all this stuff I'm doing Like, I'm proving to people I can, but is this what I really want to do? Because here's the challenge. When people keep telling you to do things, 
and or they tell you you can't do it and then you go out of your way to do it. The question is, would you have gone that far if you weren't trying to prove them wrong? Would you have subjected yourself to the kind of pain and suffering you subjected yourself to if you weren't trying to prove them wrong? And at the end of the proving them wrong, did the victory taste okay? Like, did it actually taste good? And it it doesn't taste good. I mean, it feels like it tastes good, but it still leaves you feeling like, ugh. And the victory doesn't even last that long. And honestly, most of these people are still not impressed. And so lucky for me, I really started doing the work with my coach to really think about, but what do you want? Who cares if they say you can do it or not? Is it what you want? Because the moment people say you can't do it, then all of a sudden you're pursuing the thing you don't want just to prove them wrong. Is that what you want? And it really allowed me to sit back and, and think about, hey, what do I want here? What do I want for my career? Is this my life, this thing where I'm always trying to show people things? And that was really helpful and beneficial to me when ultimately I got into a situation at work where I had all this litany of complaints against me where it was like, well, if you do this and get better, then we can accept you. And I really had gotten to the point where I was done doing that. I was done proving to people that I was, you know, good enough. I just was done. (laughs) And, And I've told the story before. But I, you know, it was a point at which they were like, well, if you do this and do this and do this and do this and do this, then we'll accept you. I'm like, yeah, how about I just don't do any of it and I quit? (laughs) Oh, that feels so satisfying even years later. Hmm. But anyway, the point I'm making is that the moment I started doing the work to think about what I wanted then all of a sudden it became clear that all the stuff I was doing, jumping through hoops to try to prove to people that I was, was really not satisfying. It wasn't fulfilling for me, and, and I didn't want to do it anymore. And the things that come to me from this space and that I want to share with you is, number one, as long as I was competing with others or competing for the sake of others, The taste of victory was always short-lived. So, in Simon Sinek's terms, reading the book, it's that I was playing a finite game every time. And because the game was finite, my victories were always short-lived. And to be honest, they didn't even taste that good. But I needed to play the next game and the next game and the next game after that as long as I defined myself according to a set of arbitrary standards that other people, for the most part, were setting. You know, they would say, well, this person's doing this. And then I'd be like, well, I can do better. (laughs) Invariably, I would do better. And I'd be like, ha ha, showed you. But then what? What what am I living for? What's what's next for me? And so it kind of was like this yo-yo existence of I'd look over my shoulders see somebody doing something, somebody would point out that, oh, they're better than you. And then all of a sudden I'm doing something different just to prove that I could do better. And so as long as that was my goal, as long as I was competing with others as my standard for proof of who I was, it just wasn't very satisfying. And yes, I won. And some of the victories seemed really sweet then. But honestly, 
they weren't really. It kind of was like, you know, I, I, I showed you, but I almost lost myself in the process. Was it even worth it? And so the taste of victory, to be honest, wasn't very tasty. And even when I thought it was, it was always short-lived. What I came to understand over the course of the work that I've done over the last few years is that the only victory worth winning is the one that gets you to a better version of yourself. It's the only victory that is lasting and fulfilling and honestly happens every time you improve, every time you get better, every time you expand, every time you grow. And that is a victory worth winning. And I'm so fortunate now to live in a space where my competition is me. (laughs) It's me. I'm excited that I'm not the same person today as I was April 1st. I'm telling you the truth. A major change in my life happened at the end of March, and I'm not the same person. And somebody was just pointing out to me yesterday, she was like, you're not the same person you were three months ago. And, and honestly, I looked back and I was like, holy cow, I'm not. And that is so awesome. And to be honest, oh, it's such a great high. I want more of it. I want to be a different person three months from now. I am not the person who started this podcast months ago. I'm a different person today. And it's so awesome to watch myself unfolding, transforming, changing before my own eyes within the course of a year. Whoa, so amazing. And even in reading The Infinite Game, like, I'm going to be a different person at the end of reading that book than I was at the beginning. Ooh, I'm so excited to meet that, t- that version of me. And it is so sweet. And it is so awesome. And it is so fulfilling. Oh, and it feels so good. And that, to me, is a victory worth winning. Like, I'm not at the end of it panting and like, ah, I showed you. Ah, I showed you. There's none of that ugliness or like, you know, hardness or the feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted, but I won. None of that. Because the game I'm playing in which I'm winning the victory every time I transform is like a marathon. I'm like, yeah, it, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of work invested, but I can keep going. I can keep going. I can get up and run again tomorrow and get up and run again the next day. I don't have to do the recovery thing for like three, four months to recover from the the thing I put myself through just to show people. And so I say all that to say that the only victory that is worth winning is the one that gets you to a better version of yourself. It's the one that gets me to a better version of myself. And that brings me to number three, which is that playing the infinite game is so much more fulfilling than playing finite games. And this is the point at which I stop and they say, if you haven't read the book, it's like, okay, what's a finite game? Okay, what's an infinite game? I'll explain a little bit, but you got to read the book. It's really good. At least the first two chapters are good. Ask me next week. <laughs> and I can tell you about the rest of the chapters. Well, the first two are really awesome. But a finite game is a game like basketball, right? There is, there is the game. There are rules of the game. There are players in the game. There's a buzzer at the end of the game. The buzzer goes off. We count the points. We know who won. That's a finite game. And, you know, people really feel good at the end of winning. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. But then the victory feelings wear off. 
as opposed to the infinite game where, to be honest, the game keeps going and the players are the ones who come to the end of their game ultimately. And so they're playing for the long haul. They're playing for tomorrow. They're playing to leave a legacy. Oh my gosh, that's so much more fulfilling. And when I think about how I started and how my job when I started was chasing grants and chasing manuscripts because they were like, you don't have enough manuscripts. I'm like, oh, I don't have enough manuscripts. I'll show you. <laughs> you don't have any grants. I don't have any grants. I'll show you. Uh, what? Oh, what was that? And I don't know. I can't, I can't denigrate that because, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing that we see. And so we behave that way because it's what we see. Anyway, if you're going to do it differently, you are going to have to make a different choice. You're going to have to go against the grain. But what is so much more fulfilling now, I probably write more manuscripts now than I did when I first started. But what is so much more fulfilling now is just the quality of the work we do. And every time a manuscript is accepted, there's this sense of like, mm, that was good work. That was good work. It's not like a, yes, I showed them, I got them out of the manuscript. It's just a sense of the, the quality of the, the, the effort that we put into the work and the fact that we feel like the work is really awesome and amazing and incredible and it's work we would do even if it wasn't our jobs to do the work. I mean, that's so awesome. It's so much more fulfilling. And so I want to stop and, and ask you to think about why you're here in the academy. Oh, I know some of you who listen to me are not in the academy and it's okay. Why are you here? What did you come to do? Why are you here in medicine, in this space right now? Why'd you come? Is it because someone told you you couldn't make it and you're like, I'm going to show you that I can? Is that why you're here? Is it because, you know, the only thing that makes sense in your family is someone becoming a doctor and you're like, well, okay, you know, that's what's, that's what's needed in my family. So that's what I became. Is that why you're here? Are you here because you're trying to prove to yourself that you could be here? And now you're like, well, I made it. Ha ha. Is that why you're here? Or are you here because you have a purpose that's greater than you? Are you here because you have something that you want to contribute that lives on after you forever and ever? Why are you here? And I want to submit to you that if you are playing finite game to finite game to finite game, eventually the game's going to be over and you won't really have anything to show for it that you're proud of. And so I want to invite you to think about why you came and think about what game you're playing, who you're trying to impress, and think about whether it's worth impressing somebody else or showing up somebody else or being better than somebody else that's a game you actually can never win and so the second thing i want to ask you to do is opt out of competition forever i'm not saying don't submit the grant that only you know 10 are going to be selected out of 3000 it kind of sort of is a competition yes please submit the grant but opt out of competing don't go in with a sense of like i'm going to show them who's the best because it's just a lose-lose battle. It's a lose-lose game. It's a lose-lose game. Because, okay, maybe you are better than them, but are you your best self? Or 
Maybe you don't look as good as they do, but you're so much more improved compared to where you were three years ago. And so that you lose on the opportunity to celebrate how far you've come. And even now, like if you go look at the number of manuscripts I've written, I can always find people who've done better than me. I can always find people who've done not as good as me, but it doesn't matter. I've come so far. I started out with barely any publications. And so to have any publications in my name right now represents transformation that's happened for me over years. And yes, there will always be someone who will come and look at my CV and say, is this it? This is all you've published? Really? (laughs) Oh, once upon a time that used to hurt so bad. Like, do you know how much it took for me to get these papers out? (laughs) And you're like, is this all I can produce? What? Uh, But when you opt out of that competition, it doesn't matter what people say. They can say you haven't published enough and you're like, I am proud of what I have published. Or maybe you haven't published anything. I'm proud of how far I've come, even though it means I haven't published anything. Opt out of the competition forever. Okay, what if you don't get tenure? What happens to your life? Is it over? What if you don't get that promotion? Does the world end? And if it feels like it's going to end, Why does it feel that way? Who says the world ends if that outcome you're looking for doesn't happen? Who says it? Is that you or is it someone else? I'm inviting you to opt out of comparing yourself to somebody else forever, whether you look better or you look worse. Just opt out of it. And I know it's easier said than done. It takes work. You need a coach? Come talk to me. But opt out of competition forever. And the last thing I want to ask you to do is to stop. Stop looking over your shoulder. Stop looking across the way. Stop looking to see what they're doing, what that person's doing, or what they've accomplished. And focus on you. You've got so much to do. You don't even really have time. You don't have time to be looking and seeing what other people are doing and how they're how they're doing better than you. You you have too much to do. And all the time you're taking to look at someone and compare their output to your output is taken away from the time that you could be focused on your own work and advancing it in a huge way. And so I'm inviting you. I know everybody tells you you should do that. And they give you awards and tell you you're superior. And then they say, oh, but if you could only do this, you would be less inferior to them. I know it's the prevailing rhetoric. It's the prevailing narrative. And I'm asking you to think about opting out. When people say, hey, look at what this other person did. Say, ah, oh, they did a great job. Great. And don't make it about you versus them. You're called to your own work. There are people who are waiting for you to show up in the best way that you can. And all the time that you are taking, trying to beat someone else or trying to better someone else is a lost opportunity for the people who are waiting for you to step in to your role and lead them. They're waiting for you to lead the way in the way that only you can. And it's a lost opportunity when you're looking at other people to ask who you should be. And so I just want to invite you one more time. Stop looking at what others are doing and focus on the great work that is before you. Because if you don't do it, 
I'm worried that it will never get done. So, I do want to invite you to play the infinite game. I want you to remember how amazing you are, how, how far you've come, and how much further you're going. And to keep that in mind, and to optimize for the bigger, better, more awesome version of you that's coming, even just two days from now, because now you're going to go grab the book and you're going to read it and you're going to be a changed person at the end of it. And just seeing that person that you are evolve and change and transform is so awesome and so fulfilling. I wish it for you. I wish for you that you today are nowhere near the person you're going to be three months from now. And as you transform, I want you to come tell me about it. Find me on Facebook or on Instagram at Coag Coach or even on LinkedIn and tell me. Tell me about how you've transformed and how much more transforming you're doing. I would love to hear about it and love to celebrate you as you do it. All right. Thank you for listening today. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe or share it with someone so that they can be inspired and encouraged as well. Have a great day. I look forward to the next time.